0: Today, I'm joined by a sports entrepreneur. He's a co-founder and CEO of Slate Sports Management. Uh, he's an author, a commentator. I think the list goes on and probably I would take up the entire show just talking about the things that he's done in the past or he's been doing. So I let the show unfold and, you know, uncover the things that uh, he's involved with, with regards to sports in our country. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to welcome Nikhil Sharma onto the show. And yes, you are listening to the Totally Indian Football Show with me, your host, suju Nikhil, welcome and thank you for coming on to the show.
1: Thank you for inviting me, suju uh, on the Totally Indian Football Show. I'm uh, glad and very happy to be here. Hopefully, you know, I have something to contribute to the show.
0: Yeah, well, you've contributed Enough, And you you continue to contribute to the sport in the country. So I'm sure that will add on to the show as well. Uh, let's start with currently what you're doing. You are, I mean, we won't get into the nitty gritties of Santos Trophy. Because this episode, I must tell the listeners that it would come out only after the final is done. So we won't get into the details of it. But uh, how are you enjoying Santos Trophy?
1: I love it. The, the passion and fervor that we all have uh, for our states... Uh, is incredible, right? You know, that's how human beings are. We associate ourselves with a particular city, with a particular state, a particular region. You know, we, we, are, we are like that. So the fervor that comes along with the Santos Trophy is incredible. And on top of it, uh, I feel that, uh, you know, a great job has been done as far as the infrastructure is concerned. It's great that, you know, the Kerala government and the sports department of Kerala took initiative, brought the Santos Trophy, uh, to Kerala. Uh, and that's ensured the fact that, uh, you know, there's so many people who are going to the stadiums. It's so great to see full stadiums. It gives you, uh, you know, that energy uh, to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, enjoy the sport all the more again. So after a long time to see stadiums that full is incredible. It gives you a lot of energy. And I do feel that, you know, uh, Santos Trophy lost a bit of glory. Uh, from what it was in the past. Hopefully with this edition, uh, that kind of comes back and a lot more people are now aware of it. A lot of people within the the footballing community are talking about it. So that's great. And that kind of, you know, uh, gives you um, a lot of confidence and, and you start enjoying the whole thing even more.
0: Yeah, I think if the major tournaments can't be hosted, I'm sure if Malapuram is gifted, any kind of tournament at any level I'm sure the stadiums would be packed because the way they love their sport is to the next level I mean you can't compete that the entire one small region that loves the sport so much and that's what we've been seeing and I think uh, just like you mentioned it was a great thing to see after two years where you don't see fans come to the stadium it's in a bi- bio bubble but here we finally witness uh, the actual scene that we must see for a football match right uh, any players I'm have impressed you? Any, any picks that you have specifically made a note of?
1: You know, uh, so let me reveal it here and of course, it'll it'll, uh, it'll come out when uh, the, the final's over but I'm actually going uh, to Manjuri for the semifinals and to Malapuram, I mean, to, for the finals as well. So I will be in Malapuram when semifinals and finals uh, take place. Overall, if you ask me, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been overall impressed uh, by the way the teams have played. Of course, there have been, you know, a lot of players uh, who, who've done well, uh, match by match. But I can't say that, you know, somebody's like, exceptionally, of course, uh, Gijo Joseph scored a hat-trick uh, for uh, Kerala, but some of the other Kerala players are very good as well. But I've overall enjoyed the tournament. You know, I was discussing this on, on the pre-match show as well. But uh, if you went back 10, 15 years in the Santosh Trophy and you watched it, you'd see a big burly striker, number nine, standing that side and the ball being punted from one side to the other. That doesn't happen anymore. And I'm not saying that was wrong. Uh, You know, nobody should get me wrong. There there are no rights or wrongs in football per se. What's right and wrong is what suits you, what are the kind of players you have. So, you know, if you are a big coach and you have great players at disposal, you can play uh, great football. If you don't and you have limitations, then you play with those limitations. But I've seen by and large teams wanting to play the ball along the ground, moving the ball side to side, vertically, uh, you know, trying to find the best passes. So the intent is right. Of course, some teams have more experience. So they really look after the tempo of the game much better. And some of the ones, you know, the the we say the younger ones because, you know, the likes of Gujarat and Rajasthan are coming back into the Santos Trophy after such a long gap, like 34 years. That's, that's huge, given the fact that, you know, these are uh, such uh, big and developing states. So, <clears throat> barring some of those states, the others have been, uh, you know, they really know how to, uh, you know, keep the, the tempo of the game alive. So, um, I've enjoyed the tournament overall. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just great for Indian football overall.
0: Well, like I said, this episode does come out, uh, you know, after the finals, but you know, you heard it here, whatever insights uh, Nikhil had to say, probably after the finals, we do something else with you uh, to get a clearer picture of what you've thought of being there. So I'm sure you'll have more stories uh, on from the ground. Now, let's move on to Nikhil, the person, right? You had a degree in production engineering. You've done MBA in marketing from MICA, one of the prestigious institutions. Um, And then you were born to professors uh, in Chandigarh. Then you moved to Pune. A lot of uh, shuffling you have. And then your introduction to football, uh, Indian football particularly. And then your connection with Shillong Lejong, Northeast United. uh, Then comes up Zlate Sports. That's a lot of things, right, In your up in your resume and your body of work. Uh, where it all started, if we can go back.
1: I thank you for saying that, that's a lot of things in my resume. I sometimes feel I'm a nomad, uh, you know, going from one place to the other without uh, really knowing, uh, you know, if what you're doing is right, wrong, or, you know, do you have uh, a destination or it's all a journey. But well, uh, the story starts uh, that in, in during Italia 90, my father was in Turin, right? He had gone there for an ILO course. He's a professor, yes. My mother was a teacher as well. Uh, and uh, he came back and told me all the stories that, you know, any person who goes to Turin says, saying that, the, that Juventus is a great club, Platini has played there and there's a boy called uh, Roberto Baggio and, you know, so stories basically bring you to sport and everything else in life, and that's how I started imagining. Of course, I tried watching Italia '90, but I was really young at that point in time, so it was late in the night. So if I'd watch, say, half an hour of match all by myself, because my father was there, my mother would, you know, ask me to, to go to sleep. So I don't have a lot of uh, recollection of the event, unlike '94, uh, which I saw like almost every match, you know, start to finish. And uh, Roberto Baggio did well. So, football was my sport. Although my father played cricket at an inter university level, so he's played into university, uh, you know, finals, and he played for Punjab University with some of the most illustrious uh, cricketers in India. But I fell in love with football, and of course, I loved cricket a lot. Uh, but you know, some of the unfortunate things that happened. Uh, early 2000s, late 90s, uh, with cricket, kind of, uh, you know, moved me more to football. Also in Pune, where I grew up, uh, schools, because, uh, you know, football is a much compact game, lasted only for a few hours, played a lot of football. So I played a lot of inter-school football. I won't say I was exceptional. I was all right. Uh, You know, not too great. Always focused on academics, because that's what our uh, parents wanted us to be. And uh, maybe rightfully. Uh, because I didn't have that kind of talent. So I moved through my production engineering, always continued playing. You know, I moved through my MBA in, from my Canada, uh, continued playing, continued following. I, I played a lot of sports, table tennis, badminton, you name a sport. And I've played it most, most, uh, mostly, maybe not water polo, maybe not polo or golf, but any other sport I've played it with, you know, with a special affinity for, uh, for football. And I you know growing up there's only one thing you want if you are you know i was i think i am still a hyper nationalist i i do believe that you know while the concept of uh, of uh, boundaries etc etc um is 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 a man made concept you know currencies and and boundaries etc cetera, etc cetera, is all man made but you still have a sense of belonging to a nation and that doesn't mean you have to go to the the border and shout for for your country so i always wanted to move and help uh, Indian football. Um, helping is, you know, at that age, you're looking to help yourself. So not really help, but, you know, to work in Indian football. Uh, and then one, once the opportunity presented itself uh, with the, the Anglian group, with a with a great man uh, like Sandeep Naran, you know, who continues to be my mentor uh, till date, I kind of took it with both hands and things kept falling in place. You know, I had, I did a few coaching badges to learn. You know, I used to be a I feel I'm still a student of, of this the sport. Nobody understands sport, this particular sport perfectly, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and did reasonably well, but I still feel there's so much to do. We, you know, we are, we are running fast, but the, the world is running faster. So that's where the whole Indian football, um, uh, you know, story is for me. Um, I wrote a book, you know, egged on by my co-author. Um, I, I do what I think can contribute to the sport in in my, you know, small little way, but I think there's many a miles to go.
0: Yeah. Now from, from that particular thing, you've come to a place at a club called Shillong Lajong You had an association, you were on the directors, uh, one of the directors on the board. Uh, And we all know, right, it it was Shulong Nhajong that started the whole thing and, you know, to get the flag bearer kind of a thing that started off with Northeast football. Um, And the the contributions are immense from that particular club. And then there are other clubs that joined hands. But this particular club has gone through a lot. uh, And today we don't have them in the top division With, with, with regards I'm talking about I League. Uh, but how did that connection come about with you and Shillong Lejong?
1: So I joined the Anglian management group uh, in 2000 late 2012, early 2013. Um, uh, we were I was consulting them before that right before you know during the time that they made the investment in Shillong Lejong and uh, they had a, a, a small equity even in a Danish, uh, first division club that went to the Superliga, uh, so uh, you know that association started with there. Within four or five months, I think one of the directors from Anglian side uh, was uh, you know our CFO who you know who 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 said, look, I'm if you're here, you might as well uh, come on the board because you know my contribution to football isn't uh, you know. Great, But, you know, I was here to look over the fact that, you know, certain uh, financial transaction has to happen. So I moved into that director's role fairly early into my association with Shilong. I just started off trying to help, uh, you know, work uh, more like uh, a manager who was looking at an investment that the Anglian group has done. We were also doing Anglian football, you know, which is uh, in today's day and age. Uh, kill now. so that, you know, at back then it was more like a social media uh, work that we were doing uh, and took a much different shape later on um, I, as the Anglian management group kind of, uh, you know, came about. Uh, so that's how it started. And, you know, it was, I, I had the best time possibly of my life working for that club. Um, you know, we were, we were a small club uh, with, uh, but we did a lot of things that we enjoyed. Uh, We did a lot of things that we thought were right, um, you know, and uh, whether it's, uh, you know, having a lot of young boys being scouted and brought in and, uh, you know, giving them game time. I thought that's the most important part of why Shillong did well is because not only did you get younger boys uh, into the club, but you also gave them game time at 18, 19, 20, which ensured that, you know, uh, it's ultimately all about... uh, exposure at the highest level and with the fact that you know we had a fair bit of sponsorship you know the I league was seeing numbers in Shillong which were incredible there were I've been to games which it's been pouring uh, mad but there's still 25 26000 people flocking uh, uh, the Jawaharlal Nehru stadium uh, there uh, it was a wonderful time and uh, you know then of course you know we went to uh, the ISR with Northeast United as one of the stakeholders uh, which didn't kind of last long, so we moved out of that role fairly quickly, post a year, and then from there on, you know, it's always a challenge uh, in the in the in, in the current uh, uh, you know structure of football in India to kind of keep a a club that uh, required a fair bit of investment. So you know, and anyway, I had to. I started focusing more on uh, uh, you know our work. As in as a as a management consulting company, uh, which is why and also we were starting to represent athletes, so I had to resign from you know because of conflict of interest. I resigned from my post at Shillong Leong, but uh, what a wonderful time I had there!
0: Yeah, when you spoke about the pouring rain and still you find 25,000 crowd, that reminded me of me being in the neighboring state that's Mizoram for a game, and I'm. Pretty sure. I think every Indian football or every football fan in this country should should be traveling to these places just to see how mad the game is over there and how it is followed. Uh, because we're always seeing what's happening in the European countries or the smaller countries and towns. Uh, we have it right here in our in our neighboring states. Uh, with that, now you mentioned you moved to the player management uh, bit, right? So that's where his late sports management comes into picture. Uh, you're the co founder and the CEO. Tell us more about it because you guys are into Infra as well and as well as player-athlete. Give us a a run-through of what slate Slate Sports Management is.
1: So, you know, uh, after my stint at uh, Anglian, you know, uh, got over, I was looking to do something. Of course, um, I had a small bit of equity in the previous company as well, but that was just sweat equity. Uh, I wanted to, you know, do things, uh, I gained a fair amount of experience, we had uh, good networks across, uh, you know, the Indian footballing ecosystem, and we'd also been exposed to sports infra, which, uh, you know, which was, uh, which I thought was also a great way to kind of contribute to the whole uh, sporting story in the country. Now, while I understand it's, you know, it's it's not exactly sport, but if you build good infrastructure, you know, and uh, we had kind of specialized in this decent to good quality uh, small-sided turfs. Um, And, uh, you know, people play on there. And of course, uh, you know, that kind of increases the the human capital uh, of uh, the sport overall. So Zlate primarily works on sports infrastructure. We set up, you know, artificial turfs. Uh, and the examples are far and wide. We would have done projects right from Arunachal Pradesh, Manipur, Maharashtra, you know, Tamil Nadu, Kerala. So all across India, we're a pan-India pan company as far as sports infrastructure is concerned. We have about 18, 19 um, athletes, which are all of them footballers, uh, you know, um, that, uh, that we work with. Uh, I also wanted to ensure that, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, athlete management or agency business overall or agents per se has, in my view, and I could be wrong, has become a very commercial transaction based business. And I find a problem with almost every word that I said previously, which is one, there's so much more to an athlete's life. Can you contribute? Of course, you can't do it all the time. But you should, ideally, right? Then it's become a business. Of course, it has to be. You know, everything that you do and you spend time, effort, you know, money should be, uh, you know, should be contributing. But we are at a stage in in our footballing history wherein a lot of input needs to be given from people into, you know, taking care of professional athletes. Uh, you know, uh, and I kind of uh, personally, I thought there was there was a gap there. Of course, you know, if you want to do all of this, you cannot have 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 athletes that you're working with, which again makes it a very uh, transactional business because can you impact or you know, be directly involved in, in the lives of athletes if you have 70, 80, 90, 100 athletes that you're representing? No, you're, it's purely a commercial business then that you know their contracts are run, your money is gotten, and then, of course, most players are also uh, satisfied that, you know, you've gotten them big contracts. So that kind of, uh, you know, egged me on to work with a a select few. I also wanted to kind of work with athletes on whom our contribution mattered, right? So they didn't need to be established athletes who were, you know, already playing the big leagues and that's how we got them. But we wanted to make sure that our input counts. And so, you know, some of these young players have now started moving up the chain uh, and some of them still... Uh, you know, are uh, are where uh, we still believe that they will go on and, and make a big contribution in in Indian football. So, and then we do a whole host of uh, sports consulting work as well. Um, there are a couple of very exciting things that are coming up, but maybe this is not the right time to talk about them. I believe that once it has happened, it's, it's, it's much better than rather than, you know, just talking about it and uh, for it, not to happen. So that's the whole slate story, you know. It's uh, it's it's our uh, way of uh, one, of course, making sure that our ends meet, uh, but also to see to it that uh, you know there's there's a definitive purpose uh, to the organisation, increasing the the sporting capital of the country. Now
0: I'm glad that you partly uh, I'm glad that you partly kind of explained uh, the bit of uh, you know the athlete management aspect because I was probably coming to the question and you kind of answered that but to probably dig in more uh, so what are how differently do you guys do it then if you can maybe explain a little more how much more do you contribute towards the particular athlete that you support
1: so I'll, I'll, I'll start off by giving you a few examples is, you know, some of our athletes, see the an athlete's life is finite, right? It's it's not that, you know, he he or she will begin at, uh, you know, 8, 9, 10 and keep going till 60. So as an athlete, the life is very finite, which can be 20, 22, 25, 30, 35, 40, depending on if you're lucky enough and you, you know, you take care of yourself not to be injured. So one of the things that we actively look to tell our athletes is to be educated, is to not leave their education on 10th or 12th. If they've done their 12th, to so go on and, you know, uh, finish their graduation. Uh, post-graduation, of course, is very, very tough. Uh, but in case there's somebody who's, you know, who, who's well-versed with the education and looking to, you know, end his career or her career, we, we talk to them about that as well. We've, we've had athletes invest their earnings into uh, businesses as well, which doesn't mean my business or somebody else's business, but just to make smart investment choices rather than, you know, uh, uh, earning it and, you know, losing it on gadget, gizmos, shoes and the works. Of course, they're young and they need to kind of enjoy the life as well. But we've had athletes owning, uh, you know, um, artificial pitches, which are, you know, uh, revenue generating for them. As they continue playing, we've had athletes who've had land. So we've, uh, you know, worked uh, with them to kind of set up organic farms there. Not doing it ourselves, but trying to get the right people in. We talk to them always about, see, an athlete's life is is extremely challenging because their minds are always always at war. So we've we spent a lot of time, you know, sometimes just counseling players and, you know, um, talking about... Uh, you know, sometimes the salaries are not in or they're late or they have problems with, with the family, uh, you know, and some of them have been leading uh, the tables in, in, in the leagues and their minds are at war. So we've spent hours and hours together saying, look, trophies uh, are what will be, ca- is what will be counted at the end of the day when you finish your career, you know, so don't let these things slip right now just because you have other things on mind. So, you know, so start focusing, whether it's about, uh, uh, injury management, whether it's about, you know, if they're between contracts and they want to make sure that they're fitter or they're, (coughs) excuse me, ready for the next season. (coughs) So a lot of these things, we continue working with our athletes. We, we try and maintain, um, it'll be very utopian of me to say like a family, but we try to believe that there are lots of cases of our athletes not being paid. So to get them legal help, to get them, you know, to advise them, we've also even gone to the extent of actually paying for their survival while they await their salaries. So, you know, some of those things happen, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, professional football. And we want to try and make sure that, um, you know, we look after them as people rather than just athletes. Of course, I must say, and I cannot claim that it happens all the time, but uh, that's an effort that we make continuously.
0: Well, thank you for being that honest and sharing the explanation and explaining so well, uh, because I think that's what the last line that you mentioned, uh, I mean, they are humans at the end of the day, right? We we at times as fans of the sport, uh, we tend to forget that. Forget that aspect, you know, because we see them so often in front of us play, 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 and we we feel that's what they are supposed to do, and that's what we are supposed to do. Sit here and talk about it. Uh, but finally, coming to the book that you co-authored, right, in the India's football dream, um, I haven't read. I would I just read a synopsis online, but I'll one day read for sure. Um, but coming to now, the present stage scenario where you are at this point, or where we are uh, with Indian football, how do you see the Indian football dream at present? and uh, going about from here? Uh,
1: Siju, when when I'm saying I joined the Indian football scene, I just meant that when I moved in, it's been almost 10 years now uh, that I've been part of Indian football. Um, I have seen the sport grow, right? When I would have started off, football would have been, you know, cricket would have been 1-200 and then football and other sports, tennis, badminton would have started at 101. I would say today that at least cricket is now 1 to 10. Football, kabaddi, uh, you know, badminton is big. Um, quite a lot of sports are now at 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, so on and so forth. Um, as a young kid and as a teenager, as a sports professional, I had, you know, you have a dream of seeing India play at the World Cup. As on date, uh, you know, with, with, with whatever we are doing and where we stand, uh that is India's football dream and it's it's slightly distant you know and I'm not mincing words because I at the core of it I should I sh- you know if anybody works in the sporting scene, we should be realistic right that's what that's the difference in 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 dream sellers and people who are you know working on the ground. So it's it's important for us, um, and I'm not trying to put anybody down by saying this I'm just trying to be objective from my side to say, that uh, the, the dream is a little bit distant for us now. And it's not distant because of anything else, but also the fact that there's a lot of footballing activity happening in India. It might not be moving in the same direction, which is also okay for a democratic country because uh, you know everybody has a right to do what they feel is the, is the right thing. So you have programs wh- which are picking 10-year-old kids and saying when they turn 20, they'll be playing in the World Cup. Personally, I don't believe in those programs because, you know, when kids grow, when they grow 14, 15, 16, 17, they have so many other things. They might lose interest in football or they might, you know, and you can never say the Ajaxes, the Barcelonas of the world have not been able to produce players of that magnitude. You can have one, two, three, four, five, but you can't have all of them becoming professional footballers. I think what I'm more interested myself now Uh, If you ask me to make sure that a lot of young kids are playing all over boys and girls getting a lot of game time, getting good quality coaching. If I'm sitting here in Greater 2 in Delhi, there should be a club of of some sort, you know, five kilometers in the radius of where I stay, which I know and I can follow and my daughter can go and play there. Uh, You know, it could be pay and play or it could be a club once she goes, she's talented, you know, she can play. Whether it plays in the Delhi B division, whether it plays in the ISL, whether it plays in the I league, we just need maybe, you know, 200 to 2000 clubs all across India, or at least coaching academies that are, you know, of course, everybody has to survive. They need to make sure that, you know, their sustenance is, is looked after. But at the end of the day, you know, development, uh, has to have involvement from the state. Has to have involvement from the federation. Has to inv- have involvement in everything. Our focus should be when our when our you know base becomes big, and our top, which is you know our leagues are uh, are almost there as far as you know this the the quality is concerned, or you know in terms of the main ingredients. Now, can we have a longer league? Can we have you know? Can we ensure that some good moves like reducing the number of uh, international players starting? Can we maintain that? Can we keep rules for five years on, you know, not change them every year? Uh, you know, keep tinkering with things over and over again. Yes, keep 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 making things better, but we don't need to tinker all the time with things, you know. So uh, I now believe that, you know, that's how sport will grow where uh, where uh, there's an organic um way of growing football. There are some other sports like you can pick a shooter today and you know, the shooter can individually practice with a coach and they can go on for years and years together. And the shooter will go and shoot somewhere and win. Football, unfortunately can't happen like that. You know, you can't just keep a, a bunch of 20, 25, 30 kids at one place and then hope all our eggs in that basket will one day become the biggest, the best chicken in the world. That's tough. Of course, you know, with the input that you give, they'll be better than the rest. But we've got to have a lot of these, uh, you know, eggs in the basket all over the country. Big, small, whatever size, whatever scale. That's my inherent belief right now with the sport. And, you know, if we qualify for the World Cup, wonderful. uh, You know, but think more Asia, think more local level, think more about people enjoying sport, playing a lot of sport rather than, you know, just... Of course, you should be obsessed with the World Cup. But I'm much lesser obsessed by the World Cup than I was 10 years back.
0: Well, I think that's some um, realization that probably most of us need to have, especially... I hope that it comes in where, uh, you know, the top guys who actually do a lot of work and probably the work that matters also realize that it's it's good to dream. It's good to dream, have a dream of uh, World Cup. It's like how we were in school when our professors or parents said, aim for 90, so at least you'll get 70. Right. So, uh, but you keep doing, but you still aim for 90. So if you're still aiming for the World Cup, don't forget that what you have to do. To reach there. Uh, let's not just probably host events, but anyway, I think that's another rant for another day. Uh, Nikhil, thank you so much for taking time out. Uh, no,
1: so I will. I will not go into that rant. I would say you know everybody has different ways of doing different things. As I said, democratic, right? We're very democratic. It's it's fine. If, you know, some of these things get highlighted, right? That's the way somebody is operated for a long period of time, and that's what they believe is right. What we believe is right should be done as well. We must, we can oppose people. I think one of the things, Siju, that I'm sorry, I possibly am taking a little bit more time. I find that, uh, you know, a lot of us uh, have a belief of my way or the highway, right? So uh, I believe that critique is very good. You know, if you have a view, please go ahead and express it. If somebody doesn't follow it, it shouldn't mean that we are, we have a personal grudge or vendetta against them, right? We can all agree to disagree that there are various paths to grow the sport in in India. However, as long as we are very true to ourselves and the sport, everything is fine as far as as I'm concerned. You know, I'm not looking to oppose people. Uh, There's some things that I will not agree with Suju. There are some things that I will not agree with somebody else. That could be anyone in Indian football. If they're open enough, I'd like to express it to them. And they can say, no, Nikhil, this is the way we believe should be done. I should be okay with it and not hold it up against them. Similarly, some things that Nikhil does, if Siju doesn't agree with it, she can always let me know that Nikhil, in a nicer way, you know, we're, we're not we're not the West wherein we can, you know, just uh, keep blankly talking. The way we say things here in India matters a lot. And so you can, we can, you can always say, Nikhil, I don't agree with this. And I say, Siju, look, this is how I think it should help. So I should have a reason for it and not a blanket saying, oh, no said you go away this is you know that's how it should happen you don't know anything so all of that i think that's how the culture will grow and that's how the sport will grow overall as well so i don't have a blanket disagreement on on things i have certain things but i could be wrong as well
0: yeah well i'll take that as a cue for probably the recent rants i had to say on twitter uh but yeah i think uh i think we've we've We've, we've definitely not grown some thick skin, but uh, to say uh, did it solve serve the purpose in terms of at least gaining eyeballs, uh, it did. So I think that's at some point, but yeah, that's not a justification of the words I used. But like I said, the rant will, uh, another day, we'll keep that for not for now. When I mentioned the word rant here, I was talking about me going about it, uh, but I'm the host here. So I give you the space to talk. Finally, thank you so much, Nikhil, for taking time out, for doing this, and for uh, uh, gracing the show with your presence. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Really kind of you. And no, please go ahead. Something that you feel very passionate about and very you know strongly about, please express your views. You know, we should be okay about uh, about any views. Of course, language can always be looked into. But other than that, if you feel something very strongly about. Please go ahead and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's okay with it. Thank you so much for having me here. I really enjoyed having a conversation with you. And I wish uh, Indian football and totally Indian football all the very best.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And to all the listeners, thank you for your love and appreciation. Please do continue. Please do like and follow this uh, our podcast on all the leading platforms, audio platforms, Uh Continue. Keep that follow and keep that listen-ins coming in, please, guys. We need more viewers, more listeners onto our show. Thank you once again. This was Nikhil on the show. I hope you enjoyed this and uh, I'm your host, Ajoo. Thank you very much.